4: Across America here on VEASAN. I'm Brian No alongside James Salinas. And we're going to get into who finishes in last place in various NFL divisions. I'm very much looking forward to this, uh, but we were just talking to Reed Kuhn. He does his analytics version of UFC fight uh, previews and does a great job with it. Has his whole system. He's developed it over the years. And I just mentioned in passing James to win a bet, I'm just thinking of the the various ways to win bets in which it's the most exhilarating, right? Now, you're not going to win a bet ever. I don't care what it is and just shrug your shoulders and be like, eh, I just won. You're going to be happy about it. But what do you think is at the top of the list? Is it an MMA fight or a, a boxing match where the other guy gets knocked out and your guy wins and you're like, that's right. That's what I'm talking about. Do you put anything over that in the betting world?
5: I think i, I- Think to your point when we're talking about UFC fighting. uh, Just a couple weeks ago, we uh, had a had a little watch party at my house, and it was a lot of fun because we were uh, we were looking at some underdogs in some cases. And I think that's the other piece too: is not only when your guy knocks somebody out. We know in in UFC these are not we're not sitting here and and crawling through a nine inning three plus hour major league baseball game where yeah it can become a snooze fest and you end up finding other things that are going on at the same time while well, you keep your eye on your bet with baseball uh, and and some other sports for that matter can drag on I think with UFC it is because it's at the the time frame is short and anything can happen you can have one punch and the party's over there it goes now if you're on the wrong side of that rung punch yeah that's a gut punch to your to your account if you're losing that one but I think to your point from the exhilaration standpoint, I think so. It's a shorter time frame. You're geared up. You're looking for that one knockout blow in particular a lot of times. And and then when you get that, yeah, things kind of just think about a couple weeks ago when we had some some bets where there were some knockouts going down. And it was a lot of fun because folks were getting excited around here, including myself.
4: You know what I also think is really high on the gambling winning exhilaration list it's a wordy title it's it's a work in progress I'll, I'll slim it down here we'll do the bitly link shortening thing here but I think horse racing is high on the list if you ever win a horse race and your horse out of nowhere is just a bolt of lightning and wins it's awesome and I like what you said about baseball like sometimes it's a grind it's this long maybe four hour game horse racing boom we're done. And if your horse especially if it kind of comes from behind to win, that is high on the list
5: when it comes to excitement. Ryan, we are in an instant gratification society and that's <laughs> that definitely applies when it comes to sports betting too. Now, I'm not much of a horse better and I'm not one to to be able to find any value. I'm not I can't tell you who's going to win a particular horse race, but it doesn't mean that I haven't tailed other folks before too and been able to get in there. Especially whether it's your horse that wins, or uh, if you're looking for bigger payouts, especially when those bigger payouts come out with the horse race. Because yeah, you're talking about instant gratification. Now it takes forever when they finally get to that big horse race leading up to that. But once they get in, once they get in the stalls and that they get out there and start sprinting, now you're just now that in that access is ready to go. You got two minutes to sweat out uh, this final race and be able to cash that ticket. Instant gratification society definitely applies to sports betting and in particular horse racing.
4: Yeah. I'm just like you. I worked in Albany, New York for like two and a half years and they have Saratoga. That's just right around the corner there. So we would broadcast there on Fridays. I don't know anything about horse racing. My method, it's not as developed as Reed Kuhn with his fight nomics. You know, mine was frisky nomics. That's it. When they were warming up on the track, I look for a horse that was kind of like bobbing around and kind of like moving his head. I'm like, it looks lively. I'm betting on the sixth horse here. That's it. That's all I had to go on. But uh, yeah, it is fun. If you're just sprinkling a little bit of money, I'll never forget. John Velasquez, my guy, John A. He's got a, he's got a, a place in my heart. Cause that was the first horse racing bet. I won with Johnny winning some random race at Saratoga. I just been losing, 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 and he finally won. It was great. It was exhilarating. There's no doubt about that. Okay. We've got a lot to do here today. We're going to get to these last place finishes in various NFL divisions. We'll start with the NFC. That's coming your way in just a minute here. It is betting across America presented by bet MGM. I'm Brian. No, he's James Salinas. So let's dive right in here, James. Let's go with the NFC South odds to finish last in the division. It's really a two horse race. No pun intended. We're just talking about horse racing here, but Panthers and Falcons. Panthers are at minus one Oh five and the Falcons are at plus plus. 115 a lot of money on the Saints plus 675 with the turnover at quarterback Michael Thomas who knows how long he's out maybe there's some value there Bucks are at 50 to 1 they're not finishing in last place they would have to be pulverized by injury to finish last in that division so where would you lean I would go Falcons first blush where would you go
5: I think here, if we're again, we're looking at plus prices, and what do we want to see here? Uh, Panthers are actually a dollar five to finish fourth, and we know that's the youngest defense in the NFL. Question mark there is what is that going to look like for Sam Darnold now? Did he? I think somebody like Sam Darnold needed a fresh start, just needed to get away, not only from the New York Jets franchise, get away from Adam Gase and all the dysfunction that was going on within that locker room when it came to the coaching staff and the players. And maybe that's going to be a place where he goes, is is Brady going to be able to, Joe Brady going to be able to be that quarterback whisperer and we're going to see improvement? Potentially so. I guess that's for me the, the question mark here. And for the Falcons, I kind of see the Falcons in the same place where that was a team and a franchise that needed a fresh start. Yeah. <sighs> Still, just can't. I think that was they never got over the fact, and and they shouldn't get over the fact that they couldn't finish off just a few years ago, up twenty-eight to three in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady and the Patriots. Couldn't finish that off late in the third quarter. End up losing that. I mean, that was tied to the players, tied to the coaching staff, and now you've got a full turnover there for the Atlanta Falcons. And I think that was a franchise that needed a fresh start. Now you're talking about a Saints team here. You're talking about plus six seventy. Now it is definitely an advantage playing in the Superdome there in New Orleans, and we're going to have full capacity there with fans back in the stands. That is always one of the one of the venues that has home field advantage in the NFL, Brian. But Plus 675, you talk about the question we just talked about earlier about Michael Thomas not going to be available. Now what are we going to do at the quarterback position? Is Jameis Winston going to be that guy that is going to be able to step into those shoes? I don't think so. We'll still see plenty of Taysom Hill coming out there, and I love the offensive line for the New Orleans Saints. I love the pass rush for the New Orleans Saints, and I love the fact that they're going to have home field advantage there in the Superdome. But too many question marks right me right now for me for a franchise that is now going backwards as opposed to where we're seeing with the Falcons and the Panthers that are making strides to go north again with the fresh start, whether it be through the roster and or coaching staffs there. Maybe I might be looking at the Saints here plus 675 because I think that's a team right now without an identity on the offensive side. And there's some def- definitely a disconnect in that locker room right now between certain players, said Michael Thomas, and maybe some others uh, that may be looking to try to get out of New Orleans.
4: It's crazy to look at the, the quarterback turnover In this division where you have the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers who really just have an absolute stranglehold on this division with all of their starters returning their top 31 players in terms of minutes last year are all back. And you look at Sam Darnold starting fresh with Carolina. And then you look at the turnover here with new Orleans half the division is unsettled at quarterback. And I I don't know about you, James. I'm curious what you say, but uh, with Sam Darnold, I I don't understand how he's somehow earned the benefit of the doubt with most people where they just put all of his struggles on the lack of talent around him in New York. And granted that had an impact. He wasn't throwing to many players outside of Jamison Crowder, but let's not act like it was only because of that. And Sam Darnold wasn't inconsistent, right? Like I just think he hasn't earned the benefit of the doubt that he gets. And now we'll see with better talent around him. Christian McCaffrey comes back from injury. DJ Moore is a good receiver. There are no more excuses if he can't get it done in Carolina.
5: Yeah, and I don't love the offensive line for Carolina either. It's just looking at that price there, they're going to be playing one of the last place schedules in the league as opposed to with New Orleans, going to be a very challenging schedule. So I think if you're looking at where teams are going to finish, let's dig into the schedule. And I just keep going back to this this New Orleans schedule, and it is a very challenging schedule just think about, it. they're going to start, who knows about Green Bay and what's, whether Aaron Rodgers is going to be on that team or not, but we're going to find out right away how they match up, and they're going to go at Carolina and then at New England thereafter and have an early bye week, but they're going to have three out of their first five games on the road because right before the bye week, they're going to go to Washington, then coming out of the bye, they're going to be traveling to Seattle and then follow with the division or the champion when it comes to the Bucks. I just think this schedule is really challenging early for the new orleans saints and if there's so many question marks offensively i don't know what that identity is going to look like for the new orleans saints it's going to be alvin kamara for the most part but how much how is is he going to be able to make plays back there knowing full well that the the vertical passing game is going to be challenged not only no, no michaels thomas with that team but also emmanuel sanders who had a lot of targets as well as jared cook at the tight end position all gone i just feel like for new orleans there's so many question marks for me and at that plus price could this be potentially a team that the wheels are ready to fall off because there's so many question marks in particular on the offensive side paired up with this schedule that we're going to see here? Yeah, I'll give the benefit of the doubt not so much to Sam Darnold going to Carolina, but that's a team that – it's a young team. We know that. and But – Plenty of upside to go. They don't really have anywhere else to go but down, but I just feel like this this the time for the Saints has since gone, and now Peyton is going to have to do a masterful job coaching to keep this team competitive throughout the whole season. I'm, I'm probably looking at, I like the plus price, plus 675 to finish last in that division in the NFC South. That's a good price point. We talk about price point. What do we look for? I don't want to have to bet a, a small favorite when it comes to Carolina, He's sitting there at a dollar five to come in last. I think it might be the Saints plus that money.
4: And you know, you could go with two teams here, right? Like you could exclude Tampa. They're not going to finish in last place. So you could, it, whatever you take. Uh, let's say Carolina. You put hundred dollars on Carolina. And then you play the lottery at a more modest price that you put $50 on New Orleans where you're only screwed. If the Falcons end up finishing in last place, would you consider playing two teams in a division like the NFC South, where you think that the odds are better that at least one of them does finish in last place and you make money?
5: Absolutely. Just thinking about from that, st- I, I do that a lot when we're betting series, whether it was NHL playoff series, the NBA playoff series. It's all right, well, looking at better prices, well, can I get. A certain team to win in six games or to win in seven games. Now you got to have the team win that series, and you are sacrificing a bet, but you're getting a plus price. And I think in this situation, to your point, Brian, the fact that I, just, I don't, see, I just feel like there's going to be some major regression for New Orleans going into the season, based on where they're at offensively, based on the schedule that they're going to have to play, the shoes that are going to have to be filled on the offensive side at the quarterback position with no more Drew with Drew Brees out of the mix now. Yeah, I kind of like your point here that as long as Atlanta doesn't finish last, we know who's going to finish first there with the Buccaneers. I think that's a smart move to be able to make. Yeah, you're going to sacrifice one of those bets, and then if it is Carolina that finishes last, pretty much just going to be a wash because of what you won, you lost on New Orleans, but I like the side. In a sense, it's almost like a hedge bet with a Huge plus price with, with New Orleans, plus 675.
4: Yeah, amen. It's betting across America here on and I'm Brian Though no, He's James Salinas. Let's move to another division. Odds to finish in last place, the NFC East. The Eagles lead the way. They're at plus 130, followed by the Giants at plus 155. Washington at plus 375. And the Cowboys at 10 to 1. How about that? Well, it, it depends here, right? The Cowboys are at—I guess they're at plus three seventy-five. The graphic says so. I don't know where ten to one it came from. I, I, maybe that's uh, you know uh, wishful thinking. But where do you initially lean when it comes to these lines? And it's a hodgepodge in the NFC East. It was a complete cluster last year. It could be another cluster this year. Where do you see the value?
5: Whether it's value or not, I'm just looking at these teams from top to bottom and make mine the Eagles. It's not a great plus price at plus just 130 But to talk about a team that is in complete transition and rebuild mode here, thinking about what carried over from last year, definitely disconnect there with the ownership and the previous coaching staff there in Philadelphia and, and now you're starting over you're starting over with we talk I, I, I talked to you about I'd like to go against team either stay away and or go against teams that have a coaching staff here and I don't know if Nick Sirianni is going to inspire much confidence to have to go in and now create <laughs> a whole new identity with this Eagles roster that offensive line is getting older yeah some young talent potentially out there at the wideout position and hurts huge question mark there with Jalen hurts what is that going to look like but more so the other side of the ball, Brian. The the defense is just, they were awful last year. Yeah, you got a couple couple veterans there up front with Cox and Graham, but that's it. These are not, this is not the Philadelphia Eagles defense that we saw just a few years ago. That defense couldn't get off the field. They couldn't stop the pass. You could run on this football team too, uh, I I think. And then the other teams within the NFC East, I think Dallas, yeah, they're going to have a soft schedule. That offensive line was really, it not only lost Dak Prescott in week Five, but also the offensive line went through so many injuries last year that now that talent will be back. The offensive line comes back healthy. Plenty of options on the offensive side to score points. We're going to see plenty. We're going to see a lot of shootouts. I don't love the defense on the Dallas side, but when it comes to looking at where they stand within that division, they're going to be neck and neck with the Washington football team. Love the defensive side of the ball, especially that front four. I think it's the best front line defensively in the NFL. Do the Washington football team possess? make mine Philadelphia. I think the giants, there's, there's some things to, there's a lot of concerns with the giants, hate the offensive line. It's really poor. Daniel Jones is not somebody that inspires a lot of confidence, but I like the coaching side better when it comes to the giants versus the uh, really a green suspect coaching staff coming in for Philadelphia.
4: Yeah, I would, I would agree. I don't love it. This is something I would stay away from plus Plus Doesn't fire me up a whole heck of a lot. And I, I don't love the Eagles finishing last. I like it. So, for plus 130, I'm not going to get down on that. I will say this with Ryan Fitzpatrick joining Washington, it's like, uh, I, I, it's probably a bad comparison, but hear me out. I think that Sam Darnold has gotten the benefit of the doubt when he doesn't deserve it. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick has gotten too many accolades that he doesn't deserve. It's like, we just hone in on what he does well and the good games he plays and the bad ones. We just eh, out of sight, out of mind. He's Fitzy, right? Like I think he's the ultimate. We have the expectation so low. at such a low bar that when he jumps over it, we're like, Oh my gosh, this is unbelievable. And when he's under it, we, it's, we don't pay any attention to it. I just think that Washington, I love their defense, but they don't have a quarterback. They don't have a legit
5: franchise quarterback. He's a bridge guy. He's definitely a bridge guy. I think we we it's fun. He's fun to watch because he's a gambler. He's a, he's he's not afraid. He's not going to be what we've seen there in Washington with Alex Smith last year, just continually looking outside the numbers, checking down, making those five to ten yard passes tops. Fitzie takes chances, and yeah, he's going to, you, you live and die with Fitzpatrick when it comes to his decision-making, but he's not afraid, and I think for, for betters, sports betters like myself, it's kind of refreshing because we see so many of these quarterbacks just afraid to take chances. Now, he's going to make his share of mistakes he's done it his whole career. That's why Fitzmagic has really bounced around the league the way that he has, and yeah, he's he's in a sense that bridge guy. I don't know what else they have, and, and going forward, they're still going to have to fix that quarterback position for the Future of the Washington Football Team, but I think from a culture standpoint and a chemistry standpoint, think about a, dis, uh, a dysfunctional franchise. That is the epitome of the Washington Football Team for the last couple decades. Uh, when the ownership change took over back, oh, what twenty some odd years ago, man, Ron Rivera having to come in, so many things swirling around that uh, around that franchise off the field that had to be addressed and when it came to the culture the accountability of players things that were going on in the front office we saw a hefty fine that just was levied just a, a few weeks ago from the NFL against the Washington football team in their front office so so many things that had to be handled last year by Ron Rivera great credit to him to be able to come in handle his business the way that he does and be able to, to, to turn around in such a short period of time the mindset of that franchise and thinking about where they are defensively. I think that's what gives me pause to say there is I, – I, for Washington – brian it all starts with the defense and that defense is going to keep this football team competitive each and every week because that front four is ferocious this is a team that can get after the quarterback they'll stuff their own but they can really get after the quarterback young athletic aggressive and they're hungry so defensively i love what we're going to see out of the washington football team this year so to for them to finish last in the nfc east can't see it it's a, For me it's between the giants and the eagles to finish last in that division and again the 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 issues that are there with that roster and the new coaching staff coming in for philadelphia yeah i don't love the price either it's not sexy it's not something to rush to the window at least for me to go and fire on but i just can't make a case for anybody else to finish last in that division outside of the philadelphia eagles
4: and oh by the way to give ron rivera further props He had cancer. You put that on top of all the other stuff you had to work through and they still found a way to win the division and give Tampa a tough game That's a five point game late and Tampa went and kicked a field goal that that game was not well in hand and cruising to victory at all. So we'll see what Washington does this year. I will say one thing, doubling back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. You're right. He is a gambler. But isn't it funny how we crushed Brett Favre for being a gambler? Like, oh, this guy and his decision-making and throwing interceptions. We don't do any of that with Ryan Fitzpatrick. We're like, ah, whatever. It's it's house money, basically. That's how we look at it with him. So, I don't know. I find that to be pretty interesting. Okay, we'll get to the NFC West here momentarily. Who's going to finish last in that division? Also coming up next, a college football coach says something really interesting about what's happening next, the landscape of college ball. We'll get to that. It's Betting Across America here on VEAS, and I'm Brian No, He's James Salinas. With football season just around the corner, it's time to get into BetMGM Sports Nevada. Premier sports betting app. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It's betting across America here on Veasan. I'm Brian. Though no, he's James Salinas. So this caught my attention, James, Ryan day, Ohio state head coach. He was at big 10 media days and he was commenting about NIL. So players can obviously profit off of their name, image, and likeness. And he talked about the quarterback position at Ohio state and also some of the other elite athletes. They stand to earn a lot of money. And he said, hopefully in a year or two, sometime in the near future, we can spread the wealth we, can, we got a full team here. We got all these guys that are grinding. Maybe the center and the right guard, they're not making the same as the quarterback. Let, let's spread the wealth a little bit. You ever, you think the spread the wealth model will be in effect here in college football in the near future? Because I have a hard time believing that it will.
5: Well, why doesn't he help? He's getting a pretty good payday there <laughs> as head coach at Ohio State. You know, if you have some, if you have some philanthropic, type of uh, uh, you know if you're willing to donate why don't you help your players out you can put a little fun together and help out the big uglies up front and any other players you feel like are not getting a taste and getting a piece out there I just wonder from his perspective if he's feeling like well w- will that kind of will there be some division within our locker room if certain player whether it's the uh, quarterback obviously or any other players are getting opportunities and other players aren't does that become divis- divisive within the locker room Ah, who knows i think those are things that we have to let play out but as far as well spread the wealth you make a lot of money as a head coach at ohio state there's plenty of ways for you to get involved and help out those less fortunate
4: i like your angle i like are we gonna have uh coach spreading the wealth models. <laughs> I know that one's not coming, but but it's a good way if it, it does paint the picture that hey, this idea of the star quarterback or Bryce Young at Alabama. We've seen the reports that he can make around a million dollars in uh in sponsorship opportunities they're not going to be like, yeah, yeah. Spread it to the offensive line. This isn't the NFL where you'll see this, where maybe someone sets a record and they get everybody snowmobiles or Rolex watches or whatever. You're not going to see that. I don't believe in college football, but it does. It leads to what you were talking about too, James is you remember when some of the Seahawks players We're hating on Russell Wilson early in his career because he got some sponsorship opportunities and I'm for players being able to profit in college football off of NIL and college athletics. I'm definitely for that, but it could lead to some really interesting scenarios where if there were some players where Richard Sherman might be looking sideways at Russell Wilson and some other guys in that locker room, Michael Bennett, could that happen in college football? Absolutely. It could. And we'll just see. It's going to be a case by case basis to see if it plays out like that this year at all.
5: Brian, I agree. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out over time. I mean, it's it's so early now. But yeah, I mean, and we're also talking about young guys, right? These are young guys out there, teenagers in a sense, and and a lot of them coming from some some hardship as far as their background is concerned. Where yeah, they're seeing certain player getting all this getting all this attention, but more so getting all this money. And how could I get a piece? And when the dynamics of a football locker room already are there's always let's let's not call it divided, but you know it's not like there's a lot of hand holding and camaraderie going on between the offensive and the defensive units. Sometimes those are units that don't really particularly care for each other when it becomes, talking about practice and all the banging on each other, that happens, and guys, there's an animosity that happens within the locker room. It's the coach's job to have to do damage control and galvanize teams as far as chemistry is concerned. Yeah, this throws another wrinkle in it when it comes to uh, the endorsements and the money being made by said particular player. Uh, Yeah, there might be something to think about as far as division as this progresses within the locker room.
4: Okay, coming up next, we get to the NFC West who finishes last. And also, maybe the best Super Bowl value you could find on the board. We'll dive into that as well. It's betting across America here on VEASAN. football betting guides are coming soon and there's no better way to prepare for the college and pro football seasons. Our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes and player awards. Each guide is only 20 bucks and discounts are available when you buy both. Now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for VEASAN all access and get everything we offer for the entire football season. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. It's betting across America here on VEASAN. Brian Ngo and James Salinas with you. If we look at the NFC West here, I love that we're doing uh, odds to finish last. It's good, right? We're always, who's going to win? Who's going to be last? And this is the most fascinating, who's going to finish last division question in my mind. The NFC West, it is just an absolute gauntlet. And I I think that these odds are actually off the board, but if you look at the odds to win the division, it basically gives you the odds to finish last in the division as well. You basically just flip-flop it. So it'd be the Cardinals. They're the most likely team odds wise to finish in last place. I would agree with that. I don't like what they have at corner at all, James, but that's a pretty good last place team. If indeed they finish there, there are a lot of divisions. You look at the AFC South, it's very possible that the Jags and Houston combined don't have as many wins as the Arizona Cardinals this year, right? And both of those teams are brutal in the AFC South. So it just shows you the strength of the NFC West. I would process of elimination, go with Arizona to finish last. Where would you go in the NFC West?
5: To me, the NFC West is from top to bottom, the toughest division in all of football, no doubt. And, Thinking about where Arizona is, I don't love where they're at that corner. I'm not sure where they're going to get any kind of pass rush. I know Jones will be back and healthy this year. Well, hopefully he's healthy coming back this year. But from the defensive side, I just think there's there's too many holes on that team defensively to be able to compete within that division week in and week out. And you look at the schedule, and I don't think the schedule makers did them any favors. It's interesting. I mean, you start looking at all 32 teams in the NFL, you can definitely see a, a, a bias as far as schedules early in the season of which teams they want to make sure get off to good starts and are relevant through the season. If you look at New England's schedule, it's very favorable, as is Dallas. And I think you look at Arizona's schedule, this is not the most favorable schedule, just considering the travel that is going to be involved with them. Start the start the season on the road at Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee doesn't have a great defense. I think that we could potentially see some crazy numbers in that game as far as points on the board is concerned. Come back home from Minnesota, and then on the road, back out to the East Coast again, or in this case here, the Southeast Coast with game at Jacksonville, then travel to Los Angeles, followed by a game against the Niners of all teams, and then on the road again out of Cleveland. Yeah, that's a very difficult schedule to start for the Arizona Cardinals, and I can't make a case for any other team finishing last in the NFC West. You think about just the, the talent level for all those teams Uh, the yeah there's some uncertainty of what it's going to look like at the quarterback position for San Francisco all the injuries that they suffered last year to start the year throughout the year really decimated their team six and ten six and ten record last place in that at last place in that division but not the last place team in that division in my mind and Cardinals are nothing for me. I just can't make a case for any of these other teams to fall that far down from a talent level, from the coaching experience that's there too, because we're talking about Kingsbury. Is he really uh, the, the NFL coach that they think he is? I don't suspect so. And Kyler Murray, I think he's got limitations too. Brian, I can't make a case for any other teams in the NFC West to finish last outside of the Arizona Cardinals and we've we're looking at
4: those odds in that division to win the Super Bowl. How about the Seattle Seahawks? 30 to 1 odds. Those are long odds. There's a lot of value right there. I was joking around with Britain like, which is more likely is it Seattle to win the super bowl at 30 to one or Nigeria to win Olympic gold in basketball at 30 to one. Now he wants the record to be set straight that at circa he got Nigeria at 80 to one. So let that be known to everybody here, not just off the air, but Seattle 30 to one. Think about this. You've got Russell Wilson, who I call Russell Copperfield. He's an absolute magician back there. We know what he does. They were a 12 and four football team last year. Look at who they play in the division in their schedule. They play the AFC South, which is you've got two teams at the top and the rest is just awful. They play the, the NFC North in, in, Top to bottom. And with Aaron Rodgers isn't there, that's a favorable top to bottom division to be playing also. So you start looking at Seattle, where they might stack up in the NFC seeding wise. If they win the division, they might be a one seed. If they don't, then they're probably a five seed. But Tampa won as a five seed last year. I just think there's a lot of value with Seattle at 30 to one to win the Super Bowl. What would you say about that?
5: 30-1, I would like it better if they didn't have to go through Tampa. I think Tampa is going to be. Usually, Brian, for me, I'm looking to go against and fade teams that had won, whether it's the Super Bowl or won the championship, regardless of the sport, won the championship the year before. So many things happened. So many distractions happened. So many other engagements for players. like Just not the full focus, but this Tampa team is everybody back. The, Tom Brady is so driven as a competitor. It's not a team that I like to go, and I'm not going to be going against so i'm going to go against myself typically going against champions where i really love what we're going to see out of the bucks this season but in regards back to seattle you talked about within the division and their schedule although they're going to get off to their schedule is going to be challenging to start the season as well start off at indianapolis come home to tennessee then you're at minnesota another road trip there followed by another game at san francisco home to the rams and then at pittsburgh Man, those are a fir- those first six games are going to be a challenge. If they can come out of that really like three, let's say they come out of that 500 3 and 3, I think that will give the Seattle that opportunity to stay st- to stay competitive in the conference for potentially not the number 1 seed, but at least a home game within the playoffs, but they got to survive. That's a tough schedule to start the season for the Seattle Seahawks.
4: Yeah, it definitely is. Um okay, we're going to close it we got a couple of things to do a little bit of a hodgepodge in the final segment. I like we'll go rapid fire style. We'll cover a lot of ground, Uh, but there's one team based on what you just said. I think you got to be rushing to the betting window on one particular, particular bet. Also, um, we'll get to base baseball. Some of the value plays that James has here today. And uh, looking at the games coming up here shortly, we do have one game in progress with the cubbies uh, hosting the diamondbacks. And also, uh, We'll have some fun here with the degenerate bets. I, I want to get the the most degenerate bet possible on the board when it comes to uh, a certain event, if you will. So we'll get to that as well. It is betting across America. I'm Brian Though He's James Salinas. This is VEASAN. More than the final score with one game parlay at BetMGM. One game parlay is an exciting feature designed to help you make selections within a single game from over 400 bet types, including team and player props. Log into BetMGM or sign up to try one game parlay. If you're signing up for an account, make sure to use Visa 600, and your first bet will be risk-free, up to $600. New customer offer paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociate disassociated persons please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 in colorado nevada and virginia 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in michigan 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, and 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 800-889-9789. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It's Betting Across America here on Visa. And I'm Brian Though no. He's James Salinas. I don't know, James. We We've been talking a lot about divisions in the NFL. And we're just talking about Tampa Bay. I, I threw it out there. Seattle is a 30 to one long shot. There's decent value there. And you said, eh, you just have Tampa to contend with. I'd like it a lot more if we didn't have Tampa, how are you not rushing to the betting window? I know, I I know you and your lack of wanting to put juice uh, juice down, but it's minus minus one seventy for Tampa to win the NFC South. Who's winning the NFC South other than them, right? All their starters are back. Who Sam Darnold and Carolina, they're just going to swoop in and steal the division away. It's Tampa easily.
5: I agree. We talk about not wanting to lay juice. That seems really short to me, Brian. The fact that it's right there, all the the, the other three teams going through such transition right now, rebuilding their, rebuilding their rosters, new coaching staffs, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, quarterback questions. Absolutely. With the Tampa team that is not going to, they already, you think about the, the, Super Bowl celebration they had there and flipping the Lombardi trophy from boat to boat and they had their fun in the sun and enjoyed their time. They've had plenty of time as a team to dry themselves out And this very determined and focused team led by Tom Brady. I just don't think there's there's another athlete that we've seen that is so driven competitively to, to, to want to win and that feeds off onto all of his teammates and going what he did there in Tampa and the fact that they're going to have a full offseason to continue to grow and get better better as a team, they know it. Everybody knows that's why they all came back to, to make another run at it, to go back to back this season. I agree. As far as winning the NFC South, Yeah, that's where somebody cheapskate like me who's so frugal when it comes (laughs) to laying juice. I'm all about that action. I'll lay it. I'm going to. Well, it's Saturday. I can't run to the bank to go get more and reload on it and and pile up on it. But I agree with you absolutely 100%. There is no other team in the NFC South that's going to win it outside of Tampa Bay.
4: Yeah, it's Tampa for sure. Okay. um, Baseball lines. You know, sometimes as the day progresses and we get closer and closer to the games that you have highlighted, sometimes you like your angles even more where you, f- you feel even stronger about some of the plays that you have lined up. Do you feel even stronger before some of the games that are about to start that you had highlighted? Uh, there was uh, we have, let me get the list here. Nationals at the Orioles. We had the Rays and Indians. Rangers and Astros, also the Yankees and Red Sox, all of those games, do you feel even stronger about the angles that you had mentioned earlier on those games?
5: Well, let's go to the ladder that you just talked about, the Red Sox and the Yankees. I was waiting to see when is this Eovaldi prop going to come out as far as his outs, or in this case, innings pitch really ultimately is what it is. Wasn't up earlier when we were talking about it. It is up now. Now, this is the question. we got to debate this, or at least i got to debate this internally for myself. Talk talked to you about my price point to wanting to lay juice, maybe a dollar thirty. I tend to lay a little more juice on some of the player props. Right now with Eovaldi, his outs, because it is posted at 17.5 to go over so basically go and pitch six innings when this is a team the Red Sox need to have Ivaldi stretched out he needs to eat some innings just based on the the last two nights the two games prior against the Yankees in this series they've accounted for 13 innings pitched because of what happened the injury going down with Rodriguez early in the game with a migraine I think in the first inning 13 innings pitched the last two games did the bullpen 221 pitches thrown they need some innings out of Ivaldi, and he's fully capable of being being able to deliver but bryant the the, the juice right now to go over that 17 and a half outs is sitting at a dollar 50. Mm. I don't know is that that's already beyond my price point mm. here can I get involved with that that's the that's what remains to be debated here because I'm i didn't I love it that it's up there but the juice I don't love but there is one that I do like that is juiced in my favor and it's DJ LeMahieu in this game now right now he is on a major league leading on- base streak uh, for the Yankees but for collectively through the bigs 33 straight games to reach base, whether it be a, via a hit and or a walk. For him to get total bases here, over one and a half. So to get total bases, he can get a double off the green monster there. There you go. It's plus 105. He's had pretty good success against Eovaldi. Short, short snapshot of what he's done, eight out of 28 to go a hit against Eovaldi. But I think here he's going to hit leadoff today, potentially have five at-bats there to go and get two Total bases, I kind of like that plus the 105. So I think I'm gonna go there, but get back to Iavaldi. Can I lay a dollar fifty? Can we do that live? Can I can I uh break my frugal streak when it comes to price point of a dollar, dollar thirty five and do that with Iavaldi today?
4: Yeah, you should do it. I just picture you doing this homework and you're like, oh, I love it. He's gotta go at least six. The bullpen needs a rest. I love it, love it, love it. What's the price? Ah, it's a dollar fifty. Ah, gosh, trat or whatever you say. That's FCC compliant. You know, now live a little bit. I like your angle here. I'm gonna be the devil, the betting devil on your shoulder. Just
5: do it. You're gonna win anyway. Lay the one fifty. Well, Brian, for somebody like me who actually bet in game last year on Russian ping pong, yeah, <laughs> we're not afraid to take a <laughs> shot and fires. So, uh, did I actually say that on the air? It did. We had nothing else last summer, right? What are we gonna do? Um, I, I I think I'm gonna go there. I've already clicked it into my account. I haven't pushed I haven't pushed send yet, but it's definitely loaded up into my column here with the Evoli. I just think it's a great spot for him. He's pitched very well for them all season long, eats plenty of innings, and then this Yankees lineup, aside from LeMay. Nobody else is hitting the baseball. This team struggles to string hits together. They're terrible with runners in scoring position. We already know they had COVID issues going through that locker room, some injuries and COVID pieces out of that lineup still for the Yankees. All right. You've convinced me. Yes. I'm going with it. I'm gonna lay the dollar fifty. Ivaldi to go six innings. Basically, is what we need. Even though I hate the juice, I'm gonna lay it. I think he gets there.
4: Oh, I was just gonna start chanting, send, 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 and it just gradually becomes just a roar, you know. So yeah, I love this. We're making betting history over here with uh, James Salinas. Going with a minus dollar fifty line, uh, very good by you. I like that. I don't know if I'm a bad betting influence. Maybe it was the Tampa thing. Maybe it was Tampa minus one seventy. Depending on where you get it, it's minus two hundred other places. But minus one seventy to win the NFC South is basically a lock. So minus one fifty, the heck with it. We're all in this. We're on the path to earning cash, laying juice. You know, the heck with it.
5: Brian, you just said one of the four-letter words: FCC compliant or not. On this show, we can't use that word—the L word out there. As far as uh, the L O C K word, but aside yeah. from <laughs> that, the, the karma's here. The karma's here. So let's—we we talked about that one. I like the DJ Lemay who that one's loaded up here too. I think he gets two total bases. Looking back on some of the other things we talked about too. Looking at that Nats Baltimore game here, Scherzer his outs over eighteen and a half outs plus one thirty-five. So Basically, he's got to go six and a third innings against this Baltimore lineup that, yeah, not, it's Baltimore for one. Yes, they're on the road here and it is a band box, but I think being on the road here also serves Scherzer well, where he's not going to have to hit, not going to be up to the plate, and doesn't have to. They're not going to see having any, any kind of maneuvers when it comes to pulling him out, whether it's the fifth or the sixth inning, based on where he's at in the lineup, based on where the game is. Do they need to get a pitch hitter? Don't have to deal with that. They need a, they need a win Do to the Nationals. Desperate for a win to try to stay in contention. They're falling further and further back in the NFL at East. Nobody's really taken advantage of it and and run away with that division. So they're still a player. Are the Nationals in the N.L. East? But they' desperate for a win here. Who gives you the best chance to win? It's going to be Max Scherzer and the fact that the Orioles don't strike out a ton, but also don't walk a lot. They they they're going to be looking to swing the bats and put the ball in play. I don't think we're going to have nearly as many deep counts that Scherzer typically has because he does strike out a lot of folks. Not a lot of great eyes up there. They're going to be swinging the bats here. I think he's going to get. There, Scherzer eight over 18 and a half outs plus a dollar 35. Now we're back to my style, Brian. I like those plus numbers and plus 135 on a pitcher like Scherzer. That one I'm all about. That one has already been. I clicked this send, that one is already listed. I have the ticket on Scherzer to go over that 18 and a half prop.
4: I like hearing that. Now, before we get out of here, one minute to go, Uh, you mentioned um betting on Russian ping pong. You know, so that leads me to, if we're talking about degenerate bets here and I, I've, I've done degenerate betting as well. I was thinking about this with the Olympics. What's the event? If your buddy put down even a couple of hundred bucks and it's like, oh, I got a couple hundred on fencing here. What's the event that you would look at him and do a double take? Like what's wrong with you, man? You need help over here. I'm going to go with artistic gymnastics. I, equestrian was in the, in the running there, but what would you go as the event where uh, it's degenerate gambling at its finest.
5: I think, well, not that I have any idea and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, because I bet in game on Russian ping pong, I'm not going to shoot down anybody's bets, but just while we were on the show, we saw water polo going on out there. The women's team for the Americans USA throttle Japan. I have no idea about how to get involved with betting water polo, but that seems like a degenerate enough bet for me.
4: Fair enough. Hey, James, had a lot of fun, man. We'll do it again sometime soon, hopefully. He's James Salinas. I'm Brian No. This is Betting Across America. The Green Zone up next on VEASAN.
2: Zumo Play.